Hey friends, I'm Mark Alanshelsky, and this is The Apprenticeship Way, a podcast about learning how to live life with Jesus. This is episode 18, Four Clues You Need Emotional Growth. Now, before we get started, I want to share something new and exciting with you. June 1st, that's just about seven weeks away, I'm going to be doing a live event in Vancouver, Washington. I'm so excited about this. It's called the Untangled Heart Workshop. If you've read The Wisdom of Your Heart and found it helpful, this workshop one day will really help you apply what you learned in your life in practical ways. It'll make a big difference in your sense of your emotions, your relationships, maybe even your experience of God. I'm doing this event with a good friend of mine, uh, Byron Kaler. He's a trauma therapist with more than 30 years of experience. We have such a good time together, and he's full of such incredible wisdom. I know that this is going to be a really good and helpful event. So if you are local, if you live in Oregon or Washington or somewhere nearby, uh, and you want to invest in your inner life, you want to grow emotionally, you should come. There's just 100 seats, it's 90 bucks a person, but if you register before April 30th, which is coming up not too long from now, then you can get the early bird registration rate of 65 bucks. That's an incredible, incredible deal for what you're gonna get in this day and how practical it's going to be and how much of a difference it's going to make. So June 1st, Vancouver, Washington, the Untangled Heart Workshop, brand new thing. There's gonna be a link with all the details uh, in the show notes and down below the YouTube video. Okay, let's get on to the podcast. Today's topic, four clues that you need emotional growth. My emotional immaturity and brokenness didn't need to sneak up on me. There were clues all along the path of my life journey. Now, looking back now, those clues, they stick out like flashing fluorescent signs. There was a day when I shared my college plans with a friend. I told him about uh, the fact that I'd been accepted to my dream school, and I was really excited to go. When I said that, my friend burst out laughing. That hurt a little. I asked him why he was laughing at me. He said, in my whole life, I've never heard someone say they were excited while looking and sounding so completely not excited at the same time. I had no idea how disconnected I was. There was a college friend who called me a pod person for a year. That's how she referred to me. When I asked her about it, frustrated, she said it was because I didn't feel quite real to her. She's an emotional person. She never saw me get emotional about anything. I didn't realize how people were experiencing me. And then over the years, there was this recurring complaint that I would get from friends, people I was close to, and eventually from my wife. I felt just fine in our relationships. I thought things were mostly good, but they would say that I felt distant to them or that they couldn't reach me or that I wasn't hearing them or that I wasn't with them. At the time, I didn't think any of this really mattered. I was strong, I was fine, I was taking care of my responsibilities. These complaints were their problem, right? It took a near breakdown for me to begin to see the truth, and it was painful. There had been these clues all along, right? clues that were giving me warning, like the light on the dashboard of my car flashing. Instead of doing something and following those clues and learning what was happening, I, I self-justified. I'm not an emotional person, I said that. I'm just not a people person. That's another thing I said. These people that are complaining, they just can't accept me for who I am. We all have different gifts and different personalities. This is just how I am. I said that. I really thought that. 
but I was wrong. Something in me was underdeveloped. There was brokenness. There was, there was pain that needed healing. I had no idea how much my life and my relationships and my spiritual journey were being undermined by unprocessed pain and emotional immaturity. I just didn't know. I don't think I'm the only one. We don't do emotional maturity well. We idolize people who live with no boundaries. We make heroes out of people who sacrifice themselves and their relationships and their integrity to the gods of hustle and accomplishment. We confuse love with codependence and enmeshment. We run so fast that we don't have time for quiet reflection, which is the only place, the only place where we can access maturity. And for many of us, the truth is that our churches and our teachers have contributed to the problem. I mean, some of us were taught in church that emotions are untrustworthy. Did you have that story? Maybe we learned in a church community that showing any kind of emotional struggle like doubt or fear or grief meant that you weren't a good Christian. Your faith was weak. You didn't trust God enough. And so over time, those of us that grew up in that kind of environment, we've learned to mask or ignore whatever was going on beneath the surface. We do all of these things, and we have no idea why our lives are a stressful, anxious, angry mess. Is that something you relate to? Today, I want to invite you to do an honest self-evaluation. Maybe there are some clues in your life, just like there were in mine, so I'm going to tell you four very common clues that something is amiss in your inner life and emotional maturity. As you listen, just notice what happens inside of you. Just take stock. If maybe you find yourself getting defensive or making excuses along the way, you might need to stop and consider. Maybe you need to deal with your own case of emotional immaturity. So here we go. Four clues you might have work to do. Number one, you are known for outbursts. Maybe you think of yourself as even keeled or calm, but the truth is that sometimes life just throws too much at you all at once. Perhaps the kids push that button one too many times or some idiot cuts you off in traffic and then something just erupts from inside of you. I'm sure there's a reason. There's always a reason. You can defend your emotional response. You were probably right. And yet, if you step back and look objectively at what happened, truth be told, you probably overreacted. And what the kid did or what that driver in front of you did wasn't good. But that intense reaction that you felt, that, that was not your intention. It was more than you meant. Maybe it even fell out of your control. Therapists call this kind of outburst a disproportionate reaction. That just simply means that you are investing $1,000 of emotional energy in a $5 problem. If the people who know you best say that you're prone to outbursts and overreaction, heads up, that's a clue. All right, here's number two. You are easily offended. We're talking a lot about triggers in our culture right now. Triggers, they, they seem to be everywhere. A certain topic or a tone of voice or being treated in a certain way. And some of this stuff, man, it just honestly gets under your skin. Now, I wanna be clear, there's no question, there are offensive things in the world. 
injustice, racism, sexist behavior, exploitation, things like this should move our hearts. We should react to them. They should offend us. And yet, for some of us, triggers are kind of a way of life. Do you feel offended or put upon most of the time? And not just for big things, but but little things too, preferences, you know, having, having things done in just the right way that you prefer, things that you've told the kids a thousand times to do or not do. And, and man, once that trigger goes off, once you're offended, you let the people around you know in no uncertain terms. Pay attention to how people act around you. If people sometimes just don't invite you to their events because it's going to be less stressful that way, well, that's a clue. If folks are walking on eggshells when they're with you, maybe they're trying to avoid the pain that they've experienced when they've offended you in the past. And this one's tough because you may feel like you're in the right. You may feel like your outrage is justified, even righteous. But here's the thing. If you are constantly triggered, that's a clue that you might have work to do. Here's number three. And this one goes in a completely different and maybe unexpected direction. You are always fine. You know what I mean? Someone asks you how you're doing and always, every time, your answer is some variation of, I'm fine. How are you today? Fine. How was the weekend? Just fine. How are you feeling? Fine. When life hands you something wonderful, something that other people seem to get really excited about, there's just not much feeling to it for you. No bubbles, no jazz. You're, you're fine. And then when tragedy strikes, you don't break down and cry. Maybe it feels like it's your job to stay composed or in control. That's my story. You can't remember the last time that you cried. You're just always fine. Okay, saying I'm fine, it seems like a good thing, right? But maybe the truth isn't that you're fine. Maybe the truth is that you're numb. That any feelings that you have are thin, and drab, or even rare. I know this one. This was me for a long time. If the people around you cannot remember the last time you cried, or danced with joy, or, or even the last time you were really vulnerable with them, well, that is a giant clue. You might not be as fine as you think. All right, here's the last one. Number four, you almost always choose solo activities over time with your friends and loved ones. All right, now you may be shaking your head back and forth wondering how that can possibly be a clue that you need to deal with emotional immaturity or brokenness. Because it's true that there's such a thing as being an introvert, right, who needs solo time to recharge. That's me completely. I know all about this. But here's something else I learned. It is also true that sometimes some of us hide behind introversion in order to avoid the emotional discomfort that comes up in relationships. Camping out on a Netflix binge or hiding away in a back room playing hours of video games or endlessly scrolling on social media. I mean, these things can be walls of protection. I'm not saying those things are bad or wrong on their own. Taken in moderation, they can be a perfectly normal way to relax and decompress, let your, let your mind rest. But sometimes they can be a way to escape social anxiety or the pain of difficult relationships. And so tell yourself the truth. Check your heart. Why are you doing that? Are you hiding from something? 
Emotional connection is the currency of relationships. When we're not dealing with our own emotional stuff, there are consequences for the relationships we have with the people that we love. The less connected you are to your own emotions, the less you'll be able to understand and respond to the emotions of the people around you. The less connected you are to your own emotions, the more likely you will discount or diminish the emotions of other people. The less connected you are to your own emotions, the more likely it is that you'll unintentionally hurt the people around you. And honestly, the less connected you are to your own emotions, the less likely you will feel a connection to God's presence. So if the people who love you, the people who know you best, the people who spend the most time around you, if they complain that you're not available, or that you're not hearing them, or that you're not with them, don't make excuses. I did that for years. Stop. Listen. Consider the possibility that it's not just your busy schedule. It may actually be something in you that's causing you to push away and stay distant. Okay, quick recap on these clues I want you to look for in your life. Do you have emotional outbursts? Do you frequently overreact with anger? Are you easily offended? Are you offended most of the time? Are you always fine? So if nothing really impacts your heart. Everything's just okay. Nothing's terrible. Nothing's great. Do you avoid face-to-face -face relational time with people because it brings up anxiety or discomfort? These are all clues about the state of your inner life. Maybe there is some untended wound from your past that needs healing and you're trying to protect it. Maybe emotional immaturity is making it hard for you to deal with what's coming your way, especially when those relationships are complicated or difficult. These aren't things to be ashamed of. Most of us were honestly never taught how to handle our emotions in a mature way. Most of us haven't been taught how to nurture our own inner life. Most of us have just been left to sort this out on our own. And we're doing as best as we can, and that's not always great. But see, it doesn't have to stay this way. If you're ready to grow up, if you're ready to mature, if you're ready to grow in the image of Christ, you can focus on this area and you can grow. Your inner life is the wellspring from which every other part of your life flows. Healthy relationships, greater intimacy, a growing spiritual life, a more satisfactory experience of your work in the world, all of that comes when we attend to our inner lives. That includes learning how to attend to our emotions in a more mature way. See, I ignored the clues that were present in my life for years, and I paid dearly for it. What about you? Are any of these clues present in your life? If they are, are you ready to do something about it? May you have the truthful insight you need about your own heart and the wisdom and courage to push into the difficult but rewarding work of growth. Thanks for listening. Now, I already mentioned the upcoming Untangled Heart Workshop in Vancouver, Washington on June 1st. If any of these clues are true about your life, you know, this workshop might be a great way for you to start on a path to a new way of living. Check out the details in the show notes or down below the YouTube video. This particular podcast episode is also the last time that I will mention the launch of the audiobook version of my book, The Wisdom of Your Heart, Discovering the God-Given Purpose and Power of Your Emotions. If you saw yourself in any of these clues, then it's possible that this book will be a helpful resource for you. And now you can get it in all the versions, paperback, ebook, audio, however you like to read, 
or get that content, it's available. Those links will also be in the show notes and down below the YouTube video. Don't wait until you experience an emotional and relational train wreck like I did. Please don't wait. You can face this stuff. You can grow. Now, I'd be very grateful if you would take a minute, two minutes at most, to rate or review this podcast on iTunes and in Apple's podcast app. Uh, That impacts Apple's algorithm, which means that this podcast will show up higher in searches when people are looking for things to listen to. And that's helpful to me and it's helpful to the people who discover it. So just take a minute or two to do that if you find this podcast helpful. I am so grateful if you can do that. And of course, you'll find the show notes for today's episode, uh, along with all the links that I mentioned. Uh, That will be at www.markallenshelsky.com forward slash T-A-W-0-1. Hey, until next time, remember in this one present moment, you are loved, you are known, you are not alone.